Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive Lollapalooza. I am your host, Brett Hatfield, here with Corey Pratt of YouTube's Craving Cars, as well as our engineer and co-host, Catfish Groves. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in lovely, scenic, and hot. Hot! Hot. Yeah. A little little warm today. Woke up one morning and summer was here full bore. (laughs) Oh, hi. Lovely, scenic, and very warm Overland Park, Kansas. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you think, what you love, what you'd like to hear. Send pics and the story behind your cool car to brett at readthedriven.com. I'll post them on the Driven website at www.readthedriven.com. You get to see all your stuff up on the way. And share, man. Show off your babies. Oh, we please. Like that. Yeah, we, we love the stories. We want to hear about it. Yeah, the way uh, we can talk about it. Hey, you, get, you write us a really good one. We'll have you on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. This week we have news about possible about a possible new Dodge performance car. Go Dodge, go Dodge. Hello Mopar, Mopar, Hello, Mopar. Mopar. That's more par. Thank you. More, more par, more car. You look like you're sitting in your own sauce over there. Absolutely, it's called horsepower sauce. Uh-huh. And speaking of which, there's a huge muscle car auction coming up. Mm. Hertz has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy oh. protection, and we've got news about how a Ford cop cars are waging the war on coronavirus. Our special guest this week is Alan Galbraith. He's the son of legendary racer Art Galbraith. He's a racer himself, a car fiend, and founder and head gasket of the world's finest car show for unmitigated crap boxes, <laughs> the Concours de la Mons. Concours de la Mons! Just my favorite thing out of Monterey Car Week. It's the one show where I fit in. <laughs> Dodge Neon rules, baby! <laughs> so, while we're sitting here getting all excited, what have you guys done with, your, with cars this week? Have you done anything cool? Well, um, I've uh, attempted to try to get some more videos out and they oh. keep getting in things in the way in life and blah 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 <laughs> and just, just that, man. and just like the other day we were for filming our uh, our our monthly up to date we do and then went back and realized something was wrong with the camera because almost nothing was in focus so we have to reshoot no your camera's gone cross-eyed apparently was it is it an autofocus camera is the, the yeah. one you were using on that shoot yeah it's a canon actually they had the best autofocuses out there so i mean oh, it, it's never failed before oh. like this same setup and everything so i don't know We'll go back, reshoot it, did whatever. You, did you move the tripod or chair or anything? <laughs> no, on the same spot. Wow, like like weird. like my normal little studio corner of the garage, and it just stays there. I'm going to start asking all the dumb questions. Battery charge? Yeah. I, full battery? Here's what you do. Full you, battery uh, charge? You go find on the internet one of those little uh, things that you can buy and purchase that's basically a little kind of a screen that shows all like uh, flicks of uh, the film being all scratched and semi-burnt and all that. <laughs> and you can make it look like a 16 millimeter made back in the day. There you go. It'd yeah. be perfect. Just <laughs> add some surfing music. You're good. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's been my, my week in the in the car industry. And I got a couple of small little videos that, that are in the works yet. Did so. you get you got all the way through it, and then you realized it wasn't working right? Yeah. And the thing is, well, you got to think. It's got a little flip-out screen. You can kind of see the screen, but I use the screen just to make sure I'm I'm centered right. Well, yeah, but that screen is so that, small. Yeah, I can't see that any... I'm focused because the camera sits like 10 feet from me. So. Jeez. <laughs> That'd be really super aggravating. Very much so. You should yeah. have heard me. I feel. <laughs> I bet. My, I feel wife, for my you. wife did not enter in the room because she knew something wasn't right. How about you, Mister Groves? You got anything good for us? Well, we uh, we talked about it a little bit on the other show, also mm-hmm. uh, that I've mm-hmm. I've gone into some uh, discussions mm-hmm. with the owner of a '62 Chrysler New Yorker, uh-huh. uh, way the hell in Virginia. Yeah, you know, the one that looks like it should be painted battleship gray. Had yeah. a couple anchors on. Oh it. heck yeah, baby! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I I'm getting kind of tingly for that car, and I what I need to do is is just call the guy and. See what we can figure out. And I didn't do it today. One, because I was hella busy uh, with work. And then two, I I don't know. It, it was one of those days when just all the crap that's going on out in the oh, world yeah. got to me. Yeah. And I usually that usually doesn't happen. I usually find my way out and shake it off. But there was just, 
It was from every angle and known to sun, and I'm like, yeah. I had that day yesterday. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I'm feeling a little better now, and you know, talking about, and I no no bullshit, uh, no bull bull poo poo. Uh-huh. Um, talking about cars doesn't <laughs> make me feel it's better, okay. So. B- BS works here. We're uh, uh, we're just, used to that. Uh, I'll tell you what, you get that car. I'm getting you a bright yellow sweater with the words Air Boss on the back. <laughs> you damn right. Just bring it in. You know, what was you were talking about? I need to get the flashlights with those orange cones so my wife can kind of oh, yeah. bring me in up the driveway and into the carport. Got to wear the high visibility vest. Though. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm Make talking sure about. You drive- I, I almost sent you a video on a 57 Imperial. Ooh. Jay Leno uh, on Jay Leno's garage. Just oh, I saw reviewed that. One of those. I saw that. That big white thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it oh. was cool. Yeah. That thing was long. You know, it was Jay Leno's four garage. four inches wider than your regular Chrysler, too. Mm-hmm. When, uh, Brett, when you pointed me to that, because, you know, I was starting to kind of look a bit lustily at mm-hmm. Lincoln's, and you're like, dude, you need to watch this. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I watched it, and it warned me right off, uh-huh. man. <laughs> Do not buy a 60s no. Continental. Yeah, especially at my skill level, sweet God, no. <laughs> no. No. Jay can afford that guy that comes around and fixes all the stuff. We can't. No. How about you, Brett? Uh, well, you guys saw out in the driveway, the Harley pickup finally came home. Yes, I did, and it's I all shiny. Because what I need is a truck with a supercharger on it. <laughs> well, doesn't it say Harley Davidson on this? Map? Yes, it does. It might, just a little bit. Well, then that's why you need it. Yes. And it goes along with the Harleys that are taking up residence in my garage. Very nice. The supercharger is just a byproduct of it. That's all. I'm going to get in trouble in that truck, and here's why. <laughs> You stick your foot in it, and you can hear supercharger whine. You just hear that, <laughs> and I Brett likes the like it. Whine. I really like it. That that the fact that officer, if I don't step on it, I can't hear the whine. Uh-huh, that so. and the fact that everything starts to move at warp speed. So, yeah, definitely gonna. Uh, well, just keep that attorney on speed dial. Yeah, that's what I do. Number one. All right, we got a ton of news to cover, yeah. guys. So let's get to it. Well, um, a source from uh, Road and Track here, Dodge is reportedly planning a Challenger ACR with a Viper Arrow and carbon fiber package deal on it. Because Whoa. they needed another, <laughs> well, <laughs> ultra-fast, scary Challenger. That's, that's right. Well, I mean, yes. they really haven't had a hardcore track machine since the Viper ACR, and that was back in 2017 was the last year they yeah. did that one. So. Um, the rumor has circulated suggesting the company is planning to build an ACR version of the Challenger to fill that gap. Cool. To have a cool, awesome track car. Uh, it seems uh, as if the project is going ahead as planned. But then again, in this kind of all rumored anyways, it's not entirely completely... Uh, Mr. Catfish has got his hands up. I see one of our students has his hand okay. up. Uh, yep. I'm raising yep. my yes, hand. Yes, sir. Yes, you in front. For a, for a good learning here. And this is really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. No, what, it isn't. What does ACR stand for? I, I could tell you, but we don't got the time right now. I just got to get God on with damn, the story. Damn, I'm not the only one. It's, oh, it's, I am redeemed. Thank you, Jesus. It is. It's the Viper Track Performance Package. Oh, okay. So it's just. It's, and I'm trying to remember because I just reviewed one from a Barrett Jackson online. Uh, Absolutely costly and ridiculous. Yeah, probably okay. so. Okay, I'm down. Uh, That's what I needed. Thank you. The website Allpar was talking about this? Yes, uh, Allpar says that one of their longtime sources familiar with the project reports uh, of that upcoming uh, Challenger ACR, and they say it's underway okay. uh, with the goal of matching the same on-track performance as the Viper. That would be impressive. Whoa. Yeah, um, they're, they're unfortunately won't be doing it with a V10. No, but <laughs> it's not like they don't have a few V8s laying around that might be able to fill the I think, bill. I think they'll have a couple there. Yeah. Uh, well, the the Challenger ACR will include you know some extreme aerodynamics borrowed from the Viper, actually. So you know a, high, a big big ass wing, a large splitter, some big Brembo brakes, uh, some adjustable suspension. Um, but and there's actually set a goal because obviously the Challenger is a fairly heavy vehicle anyway, so they're trying yeah. to get that under four thousand pounds. Yeah, I looked oh. up. I looked up the weight on those things. Some of them run a little over forty four hundred pounds, yeah. which is getting heavy even for pony cars. Yeah, that's that's, that's heavy for about any cars. car. Right? That's yeah, up in my neighborhood, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut up. I don't want to go on the corner. I just want to kind of eventually turn. Your cars are measured by how much water they displace. <laughs> 
But uh, with the, <laughs> the carbon fiber in the construction to help keep that weight down, so they're they're really trying to, well, I guess, cut about four or five hundred pounds off the normal Challenger. Yeah, they would just about have to. Uh, nice. All par source claims the, of the two engine options. Obviously, not a V10, but Jeebus how Christ. about a seven hundred and ninety-seven horsepower, six point two liter supercharged V8 from the Hellcat Red Eye? Sound to you, Mark? I'm in. That's, I, I'm voting yes. That smokes what the Viper <laughs> ACR was putting out. I think those were closer to six hundred horse, weren't they? They were. The last Jeez. year they made those was six forty-five out of the V10, out of mm-hmm. the eight. 0.4 liter V10. But again, substantially lighter than 4,400 pounds or even 4,000 pounds. Yeah, they were they were just under 3,400 pounds is yeah. what the Vipers were. So, <laughs> Talking about some ground to cover. So, yeah, so they got that. But, you know, if they got that much more power and that much more little technology to keep it on the ground, even if it was a little bit heavier, it very well could be a very good performance. I mean, look at what the... Uh, Look what the, the ZL1 could do or the with the 1L pack or or the Z28 when it came out. Sure. You know, now, so, has do- anybody at Dodge said anything about this? Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sons of bitches. Yeah. 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 So they're, not, uh, they're they- not confirming a damn thing. Okay, great. Well, so, that's that's Considering nice. Dodge's habit of uh, you know updating their current models and all this stuff, so hopefully we'll be seeing an ACR come to life because that would be so awesome to see something compete against the Shelby GT500 or maybe... An upcoming um, Camaro of ZL1 type thing. Who knows? Yeah, um, they really can't. Uh, straight line drags, they do pretty well. Yeah. But uh, up until this new GT500 that came out. But, man, you threw a couple corners in them, and the Challenger's just lost. So I think this is overdue. Yeah, once you get them on a full-out track with, with turns, you're right. They, they, they lose control. And from businessinsider.com, there's this monster car collection in North Carolina. Construction magnate spent 50 years, 50 uh-huh. years collecting some of the most iconic muscle cars ever. And they're going off to, to find new homes. Have maybe. you seen the pictures of this yet? If this is the one I'm thinking of, it's a pretty much an oh my God kind of collection. It, it absolutely is. Eddie Vannoy is the guy's name. He's a builder, real estate developer. He owns an enormous museum-quality car collection. Selling it off later this month through Meekum. Woohoo! Thank you, Meekum. Mm-hmm. Uh, collection includes dozens of the most powerful and desirable American muscle cars ever built. Check this out. Uh, some of the stash, more than 80 cars, some motorcycles, automotive memorabilia, Chevys, Dodges, Resto Mods, high-performance models of modern ones, multiple copies each of the Chevy Camaro ZL1. Dodge Challenger yes, Hellcat multiples, mm-hmm. uh, the Challenger SRT Demon, which I kind of like. Uh, I'll take that. The too. little demon's kind of sexy, mm-hmm. and Ford Mustang Shelby GT three fifty R. Okay, oh. yeah, and this is just a, this is just a taste of what this guy's got. <laughs> oh. And uh, you can I'm look through the excited. catalog online at meekum dot com. Go get you some car porn, and the. Um, the auction is going to happen June 26th through June 30th. 87 pages of lots on Meekum's website. Super, I had to be on Meekum cool. last night because I was putting in a credential request. I'm covering the Meekum Indy auction. I'll be out there with uh, Vern and the Otzbach Shelbys. That's really cool. Oh, my cool. God, the Otzbach Shelbys. Yes. Yeah, that's really cool. I so, wish I could actually go dude, out there, too. I was on there last night, and I'm looking around. I saw the Eddie Vanoy thing pop up. I was like, ah, cool. I'll take a look at this. 87 Pages of memorabilia. Did you up all the horsepower? Memorabilia. You can't. <laughs> My calculator doesn't it's have enough, enough space. It's enough to move the planet closer to the moon. <laughs> but 87 pages of memorabilia. This guy had a stunning collection of stuff. And among the motorcycles, he's got lots. He's got several antique Harleys. So, Oh, yeah. Well, we, we did talk about Hertz. Um Last week, right? Yeah, yes. we did, and I and saw the story the next day. Ugh. As soon as we recorded, the next day, this was out. And, eh, damn so Hertz officially filed for bankruptcy protection. Uh, according to Road and Track, the uh, car rental giant Hertz has filed Chapter 11. So... Uh, well, at least with Chapter 11, they'll get a chance to reorganize That's and come good, yeah. back. That's good, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, – I I couldn't believe – I started reading the article. I couldn't believe how big they are. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, I wasn't quite aware that they had been around this long, a 102-year-old company. Good Lord. Who runs several businesses, actually, across the world, uh, obviously besides Hertz, including Dollar th- – uh, was it 
thrifty Firefly Hertz car sales in Donlin. I'd never heard of Firefly or Donlin, but... Uh, the only Firefly I've heard of is a series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. But uh, Hertz says that the bankruptcy will include the uh, U.S. and Canadian wow. subsidiaries, but not its international operations in Europe, Australia, or New Zealand. Wow. So they Wonder must why. be getting enough business out there. They don't have to, I'm, I'm guessing. Huh. I, I don't know. May, I, I, I guess I they still run trains, maybe. Just not planes. <laughs> so they're Plane, doing all right. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Nobody would buy Pujos anyway, so why <laughs> try to liquidate them? <laughs> like, oh, come on. <laughs> there could be a Renault in there somewhere. <laughs> a Renault? Minivan. Yeah. <laughs> well, the impact of the COVID-19 on travel demand uh, was sudden, sudden and dramatic, causing an abrupt <gasps> decline in the company's revenue and future bookings. So yeah. obviously the company said... In, Statement announcing uh, all that stuff. So that's that's well. That's why it's going into bankruptcy. They're not making any money. No one's renting cars. That was explain it. That'll pretty much do it. How many vehicles hitting the market? Did well, five hundred sixty thousand good vehicles. God. Well, they could liquidate part of it, but they would have to retain some of them. But yeah. you know, you already have a used car market that seems to be somewhat suppressed, depending upon who you ask. And if you throw another, let's say they got rid of half. That's only what two hundred eighty thousand cars. Is that only? Let's say yeah. just <laughs> suddenly on the market. Yeah. Yeah. more than a quarter million cars. <laughs> oh, oh, here God. we don't need these anymore. Uh, good, good luck to all you uh, used car yeah. dealers. So if you start going out there and seeing tons of Malibus out there at your oh, dealerships yeah. and used car lot, then you Sexy. know they came from Hertz. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so all that's right. it. Um, that's it. That's that's Hertz bankruptcy. Well, Ford has turned its uh, cop cars into giant ovens. <laughs> That's pretty cool. They got to bake a cake. Yeah, got to keep the donuts warm. <laughs> okay. Oh my god! I feel like I should have you did not it. just do that. I absolutely <laughs> not, did. Not this week. You did. Oh my god! Uh, automakers are playing a huge role in keeping the community safe during the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. This is, by the way, from thedrive.com. Ford is it's it's kind of applying some of these lessons. And with with cop cars, where you know uh, it's kind of like your enforced Uber, they uh, they are letting you kind of bake the cabin. They've set it up to where the cabin will heat uh, up to a, I think it was where is it a hundred and thirty three degrees. Wow! Mm. In there, that that is almost uh, cleaning your milk. That's Louis <laughs> Louis Pasteur is P- the PD because <laughs> this uh 133 degrees on the inside in that way uh, according to various reports from various agencies that will kill the virus and heat their lunch up yeah it's I I, I like it I, I like that they're actually doing this but I'm trying to imagine it was cool enough to go get you know old cop cars that have been put up for auction with interceptor motors on them mm-hmm. and perhaps a little fence between the front and the back seat so your kids won't bug you but this thing <laughs> holy hell you oh. can finally keep oh, grandma warm enough all the way to church well, in the art, what do you think so how often do oh. they do or do you think they're going to do this like is it like when they start their shift when they're over with their shift I little... don't know but I can see so many different jokes happening with this you know you haul in a drunk he throws up in the back seat your, par- your partner locks you out of the car cranks that thing up to a buck 33 yeah you know what that's gonna smell like you're oh n- dude. never getting that out that's gonna be the new model that goes up to 280 degrees yeah <laughs> it needs to be like an oven oh i guess a spray bottle of rag wasn't good enough that's gonna come out of there like peanut brittle slightly oh interesting God. about it uh this only works for model model years uh 2016 and newer it, and they'll utilize an external tool that connects to the vehicle's OBD2 port uh, or OBD II port. Um, notification on the dashboard <laughs> flashes, vehicles likes to notify those nearby. Sanitation process is started so that you don't hop into your hot, hot car. You're right, they don't have and those ports in the 60s. The vehicle then revs its engine and pumps hot coolant into its heater core, eventually overheating the interior to 133 degrees for 15 minutes. Once oh. it's uh, finished, the vehicle initiates a cool-down process, flashing its lights to indicate, I'm done. <laughs> More that? ways than one, dude. So it's not just an easy-bake uh, little thing. Easy-bake! <laughs> the easy-bake cop car, that's fantastic. <laughs> easy-bake squad car? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my understanding is they're not putting these in cars that are uh, being used in Phoenix and Tucson. You don't <laughs> you need think? it. Park the sucker outside, roll the windows up, you're done. <laughs> Bing! 
<laughs> That's what we just call a day. Oh, <laughs> so, so do they get to sit there and wait for the car to flash in Arizona to see when it's ready? Uh, oh, 133 true. degrees is <laughs> the freaking air conditioner there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my folks got a place uh, in Tucson, and my dad was looking at a convertible that had a black interior. Oh, my God. He sent me a picture of it. He says, what do you think? And I said, I think you're not going to have any skin on the back of your legs. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get done playing golf, go sit in that thing, and it's gonna, you're going to need a skin graft, Dad. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. So uh, good luck, police, with that. Oh, boy. Well, our guest this week is... Wow, I just cannot get that visual out of my head. (laughs) Our guest this week is Alan Galbraith. Uh, Alan will be here to discuss growing up with a legendary racer for a father, becoming a racer himself, what it's like to own a car show series, and what prompted him to start the Concours de Limones. All this and much more is coming up on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, the sweetest smelling podcast in the world. Uh, our guest this week is Alan Galbraith. He's the head gasket of the Concours de Limones uh, car show. Mm-hmm. Alan's father, uh, Art Galbraith, was one of the original hot rodders racing jalopies on dirt tracks in the late 40s and drag boats and rally cars in the late 60s. Wow. And he went on to set motorcycle land speed records when he was over 70. Sweet. Wow. Over 70. I love that. Uh, Alan himself raced go-karts at the age of five. (laughs) God God bless him. Uh, Helped build a a long string of family hot rods, race cars, and motorcycles. And he had a steady stream of hot rods and muscle cars of his own that went through his garage while he was studying film and video production, recording arts, and math. At Cal State University in Chico, uh, he also kept collecting, kept having more of those cars filter through his fingers uh, while he was in the motion picture and music industries. Alan purchased uh, the billet billet proof hot rod and custom car shows and founded the Concours de la Mons in the mid 2000s. Having attended the Pebble Beach Concours since 1991, Alan always thought there was room to celebrate not only the best of the automotive world but also the worst. And the Concours <laughs> was born. Since then, <laughs> room for all. Since then, it's grown to include shows across the U.S., the U.K., and Australia, and looks to expand to Canada in 2021. Alan, thank you so much for being with us on Driven Radio. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, first of all, I've got to thank you for the Concours de Limones. Uh, because I work for uh, Sports Car Market and American Car Collector, I wind up covering a bunch of stuff at Monterey Car Week every year. And the Concours is the only place I feel really at home. Yeah, it's become kind of a, a must-do event for a lot of folks at, uh, at uh, Monterey Auto Week. And uh, that's fine with us. We get a, you know, a huge crowd that shows up. And what's, what the key to it is, is everyone has a good time. And that's what we're shooting for. Well, isn't that, do you think, part Very of it? important. Because in, at Monterey, there's such an amazing, amazing uh, selection of vehicles to look at. And you're walking around such, uh, you know, the gods of automobiles. Don't you feel like that there needs to be a place that you can go and let off some steam and just go, ah, ah, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. And it's not a bar. Yeah, we're, we're kind of the antidote to... Uh, you know, to you, it's just a sensory overload of, you know, high-end cars and multi-million dollar, you know, auction bids. And then you can come to my my show or the, the Concorde de And just, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not serious <laughs> at all, right? Matter of fact, if you, you know, if your car does well at my show, it probably is going to lower the value of it. So <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's 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 just a, it's just a kind of an antidote to all the all things stuffy and high end and you know over pompous and over important and uh, you know we don't take ourselves seriously and you know our participants and our spectators don't take it seriously and that's that's something I found missing in the in the car show world and boy it really hit a right the right note and it's become very popular. Nice. I've been saying for a few years, every time I come back from Monterey, I've got FLM fatigue. I see too many Ferraris, Lamborghinis, and McLarens <laughs> just everywhere. So I love going to the Concours. Uh, second, 
your website today sent out an email that I love, and I appreciate you sending it out. I want to thank you for that video you sent out today of the Yugos competing on the 2020 Gumball 3000. <laughs> Uh, those things were huge hunks of crap right out of the box. I had a friend who got one new when we were in high school. If you were riding in the car with him and he pushed in the lighter, the car noticeably slowed down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that and that was that's just the kind of thing we love to celebrate. Is you know the the Gumball Three Thousand is a you know a very high end, very nice, and very fun rally to go on. Um, but it is you know typically loaded with high-end exotic sports cars and people, you know, doing their best to show off conspicuous consumption and, you know, one-up each other with wild paint jobs. And you can just cut all that off right at the knees by showing up in a Yugo, right? <laughs> no kidding. It was yeah, no one's going to have more fun. Who's, who can top that, right? I mean, other than showing up in another Yugo or maybe a Pacer, right? <laughs> so, that's a two-go. <laughs> two-go. Well, uh, you know, most Yugos didn't sustain much damage in a front-end collision because the tow truck took the brunt of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. Okay. All righty. Uh, did your dad push his love of cars and speed on you, or was it something you were drawn to on your own? I was something I was drawn to. I mean, it was, you know, kind of one of those typical things, watching cartoons on a Saturday morning. Mom would say, why don't you go help your dad in the garage, right? And uh, It wasn't a hard sell because dad was usually working on something cool that, you know, made cool noises and went fast and had shiny paint or you know, or not, right, uh, was, you know, pulled out of a field and rebuilt. So, like I said, it wasn't a hard sell. And, you know, I started uh, riding mini bikes and driving go-karts pretty early. So that that was a, a pretty big hook for a five-year-old to say, here's here's your own go-kart. Here's the uh, the gravel road that runs around the house. Go have fun. Oh, yeah. And, boy, that, that sets the hook pretty quick. So, uh What's it like to start racing a go-kart when you're five? <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, it at five, actually, I had been riding in fast vehicles um, since I was about three. I've got this great picture of my dad and I sitting in a drag boat, a flat-bottom drag boat with a, with a you know, a, a 390 Cadillac motor with six carbs that ran on alcohol had dry stacks we're sitting in the front seat and we both have crash helmets on and i always thought it was just this cool family photo until much later in life i looked at it and said wait, wait a minute i'm i'm three how come i have a crash helmet and my mom said well you love to go for rides in the boat i'm like it's a race boat i'm three I'm she's three. like yeah, loved it we couldn't get you out of it so I mean, today that'd be child abuse, right? And back then, it was, hey, let's go to the lake, right? Um, so by five, I was totally used to going fast and loud noises and stuff like that. So it, it you know, riding a go kart sideways down a gravel road meant nothing. I'd I'd gone ninety miles an hour in a drag boat when I was three. What are you going to do to me, right? <laughs> so it, it it just comes natural. You're grounded to riding in the drag boat with your father this weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I take it you weren't scared when you're driving these go-karts? Not at all, no. Um, and matter of fact, I, I kind of took a long break from any uh, participating in any motorsports um, and then picked it up later in life and started doing dirt track racing. And, mm. boy, it came natural. Everyone said, boy, you, this is your first couple races, and you're, you're leading the pack. And I, I thought back to riding the go-kart around the farmhouse sideways around the circle drive and went ah that's where it's not uh -huh. natural it, it comes from someplace and that's where it came from it all builds doesn't it d is for drifting yeah. <laughs> yeah we were we were drifting back in the day before it was drifting yeah you know? no kidding so what were some of the more interesting cars that uh went through your father's garage you said he always had something cool he was working on Oh, we've had just a, a you know an absolute parade of hot rods, you know, Model A's, um, anything from the fifties. Um, I a couple cars I still have. He bought a nineteen sixty five Mustang um, the year I was born. Oh, cool! Um, about, I was about six months old. He specifically wanted a red one with a four speed and a trailer hitch, which is kind of a hard get, um, and found one here in Sacramento. 
specifically so he could tow the drag boat behind it because it was red too and he wanted to kind of you know <laughs> have a nice appearance when he showed up at the race oh okay. right. god i love the 60s <laughs> towing in style yeah i still have that that car cool. um he also when i was three bought a uh, 63 corvair convertible and oh, cool. said that's going to be alan's high school car which i wanted the mustang when i was in high school because it was a lot faster <laughs> But I then again, also later in life, realized that car was never destined for me. It was just a ploy. My dad needed an excuse. He wanted to convert it. So he just yeah, blamed it on the kid. Oh, it's going to be Alan's car, right? So I got a dad that's done some stuff like that. Well played, sir. Well played. You studied film and video production, recording arts, and math. I, when yeah. you when you sent me your your bio, I was reading over that, and that was almost like hitting a speed bump in the middle at the end of the <laughs> sentence. And math, uh, why math? Well, I got just just enough differential equations education to screw me up for the rest of my life. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I started out uh, studying um, studying electronics uh, to do the you know I wanted to design uh, keyboards and uh, you know guitar pedals and things like that. Okay, so it did and, go along uh, with the recording and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was kind of a back back way into that and uh, realizing that music theory was a lot easier than electronic engineering. Uh, made me shift uh, majors, and um, you know, I, when you do that, you get just enough math uh, to take an extra class or two and end up with a math degree. So that's what <laughs> why I, not? Yeah. You know, <laughs> get those angles of drift down. Well, there's worse things to have on your resume. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, you mean rap sheet? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've got a, a real interesting resume. You work for Paramount. You work for KOVR 13 in Sacramento. You've owned billet, Billetproof Hot Rod and Custom Shows, uh, tagged as the le- the world's least important car shows. <laughs> and, and you're the founder and head gasket at Concord de la Mons. Is this the track you thought your life was going to take? <laughs> Oh, no, I expected to be in prison long ago. (laughs) 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 See, that rap sheet thing wasn't that misplaced, was it? (laughs) It was was this or prison, and yeah, prison looked pretty good for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've always kind of been in it, kind of in the entertainment business, right? Uh, From television and film and music and, uh, you know, car car shows really aren't that much different. you know, the way I approach it is there's a lot of pre-production organization to be done beforehand. And then, you know, when the when the gates open, that's the curtain going up. And you got to put on the show. Sure. Um, and it's, a, it's a good way to approach it. Um, and, you know, you make sure everyone has fun, make sure they're entertained, uh, make sure all their needs are met. And uh, it turns out to be a good business. And uh, it's a it's a good time for everyone. And they want to come back. Can you tell us about Billetproof? Yeah, sure. Uh, Billetproof was founded by um, Jay Ward, who uh, works for Pixar um, and is in mm. charge of the uh, Cars franchise uh, uh, at Pixar. And yeah. another gentleman by the name of Kirk uh, Kirk Jones, who was a uh, art director for Joe Boxer um, uh, uh, clothing company, apparel company. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a, uh, a love for traditional style hot rods. And this was back in the 90s when hot rodding had become very expensive, very uh, slick, you know, pastel colors. Mm. The CNC machines had just come on the scene. So everyone was cranking out these, you know, pre-made billet aluminum parts. And it was kind of diverging away from the craft of building a, a car into what you could order up with your checkbook and just slap it together. And today you have a hot rod. Sure. So they kind of went the other way with it, just like Concord de la Mons, is to go, let's go low dollar. Let's go less about what you can do with your checkbook and more about what you can do with your hands in your garage and revive the, the roots of hot rodding, which was low dollar, low tech, high speed. And uh, they founded this this show. Um, you know, my background with my dad being a hot rodder from the 40s, you know, he saw this and said, oh, boy, that's that's our tribe. Right. And, uh, you know, we had cars like that. Um, 
may not have an interior in it, may not have a paint job on it, but boy, if it can go, it's done, right? Um, and at the time, it, there were car shows that if your car wasn't painted and finished, they wouldn't let you in. Um, so this was, uh, Bulletproof was kind of founded as the antithesis to that. Um, I started going to it, became friends with, uh, with both Jay and Kirk. And uh, when they were ready to move on, I said, boy, that's, I'm looking for a career change. Uh, I'd like to get into the car show world and Bulletproof was a way to do it. And you just recently left Bulletproof, is that correct? That's correct. Uh, I had uh, run it for 12 years, expanded it uh, nationwide and worldwide, um, and you know, kind of, kind of built it up to the point where, uh, you know, I I had taken it as far as I could. Um, Concord de Limones was taking off, and I kind of had to choose one or the other as to which I was going to do because neither one was gonna was gonna thrive unless it had someone's full time attention. And they were both getting big enough to where it was uh, it was kind of iffy. Um, so some some friends of mine that uh, that are both very well rooted in the uh, in the traditional um, uh, hot rod world uh, took over Bulletproof, and I went full time for Concord de Limones. Okay, for the uninitiated, tell us what Concord de Limones is. Our official tagline is the celebration of the truly awful, mundane, and oddball of the automotive world. <laughs> um, Way to boil it down. <laughs> so if it if it is basically if you don't have a home for your car at any other show, and specifically in the in the high end Concorde world, you're welcome at the Concorde de Limones. If you know if you got. <laughs> You know, even if you've got a, you know, I've got a 93, you know, Toyota four-door, bring it on down. That's cool. That's mundane. That's something that, you know, in in 30 years, you're not going to see any of them, right? Um, but then again, we like stuff that was really awful the moment it rolled off the showroom floor. Um, and, and not just, uh, that is not uh, limited to just kind of, you know, pedestrian domestic cars. There were some really, really bad, very expensive uh, European and, you know, Japanese and German cars that we love to see, right? Maserati bi-turbos come to mind. <laughs> yeah. Bingo, yeah. Um, and I think, I don't think we've had any actually come to the Concorde de Le Mans because I don't know that there's any that actually run. <laughs> they don't make it to the show. Yeah. There aren't. There aren't. They attempted. They, they catch fire if, before they get there. I was going to say, if, if they did make it there, it would be the extraordinarily rare, not currently on fire edition. <laughs> so what is the best part about being the fearless leader at the Concorde de Limones? Oh geez, it's it's just the fun people have and the the wacky stories behind the cars, um, you know, and just seeing people just thrilled to tell their story and, and you know share their car with other people. And these are cars that you know, frankly, no one cares about. You know, some of these cars are worth nothing. You can't literally give them away. But <laughs> here's here's a place where they're celebrated, and you know, everyone wants to hear the story about it. People show up in, in cars that you've never heard of before, never seen before, right? And they draw a crowd. And, you know, the owners are just happy as pleased as punch to share it with everybody. And that's what, and, you know, everyone gets a smile out of it. And that's that's the key. That's well, the best part. You know, I think about the Kansas City Auto Museum and when they have their, uh, especially when they kick back in the uh, cars and coffee, and you go there and you see all these wonderful cars. Uh, and I have to admit, the ones that I'm frequently driven to are the little freak shows that come rolling in <laughs> on four wheels. Honest to God, I would love to see what, a, what is it, a Shelby Horizon? Oh, yes, GLHS. Yeah, one of those ugly damn awful boxes that you. Shelby tried to revive and I'd be like you know props to you my Mark, friend you can find K car glory <laughs> at, at the, the Concord de Limones <laughs> and, and speaking of the things you find uh Alan can you remember some of the past show winners you know our our very first show had one of one of the worst cars ever ever made um, and it was it was just a hands down worst. Our our top award is called the worst of show, 
Um, and it was the very first time we did the show in 2009. And this thing rolled in and it was just like, oh, gee, look at that. That's, you know, I had no idea it existed. It probably shouldn't exist. But it's uh, it was a, a KV Mini 1, um, which is a little yeah. French car. Yeah. Um, it's what's called a Sans Permis car, um, which... Without translated I, my french is a little rusty it means you don't need a license to drive it um sans permis it's technically not a car legally but it's it just this awful little thing with a proprietary two-stroke 125 cc motor um and it looked like it was made in a garage with a with a sheet metal brake there's not a compound curve on it um it was it had a friction drive on it it's this tiny little thing you could fit it. You know, it's about the size of a sofa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at a just, picture. What a nightmare! Mark, Mark just found a picture of that on. Yeah. What, what kind of CAD design did they use with an eight-bit output? I mean, that CAD? thing is—it's horrible. There's no CAD design there. You mock that up with plywood. That is insane. <laughs> yeah. If this went into a video game, it's about a four polygon render. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's horrible. They are absolutely god, god awful. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's a bad car. Um, and most recently, at our uh, our last event in Florida in early March um, in, in 2020, um, our worst of show was a 1986 Cadillac Cimarron five speed. You're kidding. I had no idea they made them. I mean, who in their right mind would order a Cadillac Cimarron <laughs> five-speed? I mean, it was a very expensive option. I think they only made like 40 of them. And oh for some reason, this one still exists. I, I have no idea why. Um, what is and just that? for that combination of just terribleness, it's like, wow, probably the worst Cadillac ever made in a five-speed, and it's rare, ah, that stands out. That's a worth-the-show winner, right? What a, oh, my. I, I love that uh, the Concord de Limones has grown, and you've got so many of them happening around the country and around the world now. How many events do you have worldwide? Let's see. Um, if if uh, we were to have stuck to our schedule in 2020, we would have had uh, Florida, Michigan, California, Kansas City, um, four in the United States. We have one in Australia, um, and we do sort. We team up with uh, Haggerty UK, and they put on. It's not called Lemons there. It's called the Festival of the Unexceptional. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating mediocrity with pride. <laughs> So uh, five, six, six total. Um, we had plans to, uh, and then we've rolled these over to 2020. There's going to be more than a few, a few more added in in 2021. Um, we're uh, going to be in Canada. We're probably going to do a couple more here in the United States, tied in with uh, other major concours. And uh, frankly, any any country that'll let us in, we'll do it there. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're not picky. Do, do you do you attend many of these? Do you go to all of them? I attend all of them. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Excellent. Wow. So very cool. Now, there you just mentioned this, and the rumor is you're going to have one here in Kansas City in 2021, <laughs> and all of us are extremely excited about this. Uh, is it true, and can we help? Yes, yes and yes. Um, absolutely. Would, would love to have your help. Um, this is going to be kind of a, a new thing for us. Uh, typically, the Concord de Limones is tied in with an, another major car show event, um, you know, a major Concord, something along those lines. Um, Kansas City is going to be our first standalone Concord de Limones. So Concord de Limones typically aren't, uh, you know, they're not like a good guy show they're not you know thousands Mm. of cars there's there's a few a fewer select number of bad cars a lot of people so what we want to do is also have a good car show surrounding the car the concord alamon sort of a you know a cruise in show and shine kind of thing um where everyone can you know bring their good cars that people can compare and contrast and we'll, uh, you know, we'll kind of have a little bit of separation just so the, the tin worm doesn't rub off on any nice cars, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, so definitely, if, uh, if, you, if your listeners, um, you know, want to come out to something like that, a little bit different concept in a car show, 
um, you know, where, you know, smiles and laughter are, uh, are a little more heavily emphasized than whether your paint is polished to perfection. Um, this is the, this is the event for you. Um, and you guarantee you, you're going to see something you've never seen before. Right. You know, Alan, um, so. don't sell us short when you're talking about, I don't know if there's going to be enough cars because we are close enough to both, uh, Arkansas and Oklahoma <laughs> that you, oh, yeah. we're going to bring you some crappy cars. Oh my, oh, yeah, the Midwest will deliver. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no doubt. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, um, would, would love, you know, everyone to, uh, we haven't set a date yet with, you know, with everything rolling over to 2021, you know, the, we're still in the planning stages because the event horizon is a, a little long at this point. Um, but, you know, watch the Concord de la Mons website um, for, for details as you know, when the date's going to come up. And I'll certainly forward that information on to y'all. Um, just, a, you know, car, car clubs come out, you know, um, if there's a Corvair club in town. Love to have you down and feature you. If there's a Chevy Vega club in town, oh there is. boy, you're our people, right? <laughs> and, um, and I know if there's guys. you know a Pinto club, <laughs> we want you. Studebakers, awesome, right? Nice. You know th- things like that, oddball, weird stuff. If you have like an Arcane uh, Auto Society in your area, you know one that celebrates weird cars, or you have a French car club, those are always good, right? Um, we'd love you all to come out. And, uh, you know, feature you, put you in a group together um, and just have some fun with with your cars. I'll talk to you about this a little bit later. But, yes, we will be able to accommodate you. Uh, What are your future hopes for the show? Where do you want this thing to go? Oh, just, you know, not end up in jail, basically, is, uh, <laughs> is what I mean. That's a, a decent goal to have. That's not bad. Avoid <laughs> avoid time in the clink. Yeah, that's, yeah which, that's an honest you know, goal. Sometimes it's kind of cut, touch and go um, with, the, with the Concord de la Mons. Um, you know, if, if we could ex, you know, expand it to other areas, we're not in the northeast right now. Um, we're working on that. Um, we're not, uh, we're in the South in Florida, but I'd like to do something, you know, Midwest, South, maybe a Texas show. Um, you know, we're not in the Northwest right now. Um, so we're, we're looking into that. Uh, frankly, I'd like to take it to different places in Europe. Uh, we don't have anything in continental Europe. It's been a big hit in the UK and a big hit in Australia. Um, you know, I, I have to brush up on my Italian or German or French to, uh, to make the jokes, but uh, it, uh, it would translate. Um, so, yeah, we'd, we'd love to expand it to other places. Um, you know, we're, we're doing an awful lot with uh, producing media. We're, we've uh, fired up a YouTube channel. Um, and, you know, there's an awful lot of automotive YouTube out there. Um, and oh, yeah. everyone's kind of doing the same thing, you know, Oh gee, here's a, a weird car I bought and I'm going to drive it and sell it for this much or, you know, we, and, or, Hey, look, here's the newest Ferrari. And you know, there's not a whole lot featuring really awful cars and the, the fun <laughs> stories and the fun, fun, uh, owners behind them. Um, and that's something we want to do as well. You have another really notable, uh, mark on your, on your CV, you are the driving force in reviving the Ascot. Uh, what other fashion <laughs> trends would you like to see reborn? The Ascot is definitely one of them. Uh, I, I'm the the, the the torchbearer for the Ascot. My good friend uh, Don Osborne uh, from the Audrains uh, um, uh, Museum in Connecticut and uh, a member of uh, Jay Leno's uh, Garage TV show is the uh, standard bearer for the bow tie. Yes. Um, so that that's uh, that's quite the uh, quite the fashion statement. I'd like to see more of those. Um, frankly, bell bottoms. I think they're a great fashion <laughs> statement. Yeah. I think an ascot and, with bell bottoms would be yep. amazing. Finally, yeah. Scooby Doo unleashed. <laughs> yeah, wild print bell bottoms. I think are are you know long overdue for a comeback. Uh, Don Osborne also writes for a sports car market. I do run into him about twice a year, and yes, he has magnificent bow ties. I love them. All right. Yes, always very fashionable. Always are always very well put together. Yes, he is. Now this is our fam- our favorite question on this show. It's the one we get everybody. And it's the one that usually has the best story attached to it. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm not revealing too much because at one point I did have to put this on a background check. 
I was I was once uh, charged with three felonies, two misdemeanors, and an illegal U-turn. Um, <laughs> Damn those U-turns! Hey, way to top it with a cherry, man. Well, and it was the U-turn that gave everything else away. Um, some friends and I uh, in college got my '65 Mustang, and we were uh, proceeding up back roads from uh, from Chico to Reno one night. Um, very late night after, uh, you know, some probably poor, poor decisions, <laughs> poor decision making. Um, yes. <laughs> and we saw a, uh, we saw a road sign, um, a construction road sign alongside the road. And we oh. thought that that wanted to go to Reno with us. Yeah. Oh. And, um, about grass Valley, you know, with this road sign hanging out the window, we just, de- we decided to, uh, stop at a, at a, uh, you know, an all night diner. Right as the Placer County Sheriff's Department shift change was going on in the diner, and it was like a, a scene from an old western. We rolled up the three of us in our Mustang with this sign hanging out the window. Right as the the David shift of the Placer County Sheriff's Department walked out, pretty sure a tumbleweed rolled between us. And uh, my buddy said, "I know where we're at. Hit it!" And I'm like, "All right." throttle down and off we went and boy the chase was on right oh my god oh dear <laughs> it didn't last long and it wasn't high speed and uh we got lost made a u-turn right in front of a cruiser had we uh, not made the u-turn we would have glided right past and uh yeah it turns out that taking a road sign is uh that's state property and uh stealing state property is a felony um so Dang. they had quite a quite a long <laughs> list of uh of potential charges for us and then settled for just being stupid <laughs> <laughs> criminally dumb yeah awesome we've been speaking to alan galbraith he's a racer a car fiend and a men's fashion icon as well as being founder of the concord de limones of course you can find all of alan's social media links as well as links for bulletproof the concord and the 24 hours of limones at www.readthedriven.com Alan, thank you so much for being with us. Honestly, this has been a ton of fun. Oh, thank you. It, it is indeed. I get to get to tell the same old jokes to a new crowd. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're all about recycling. Anytime you can reuse material, boy, that's a good yeah, day. That's a very green performance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and that's why we're looking for new shows, frankly. I haven't changed the jokes in 10 years. And, you know, i got to branch out and find a new audience for them. <laughs> Refresh it. Alan, thank you a ton. Uh, thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt and Catfish Groves. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you here next time on Driven Radio. 